What the fuck is up, world? Biali, Tlaltik Pak. We're back in this bitch. Another podcast for that ass. Another grito. Sea dicho. Coming about a little bit less than a week's time since our last podcast. And uh, let's just get into it, homeboy, because I got a lot of shit that I want to talk. Homeboy, homegirl, you know what it is. Don't mean to be gender exclusive here. Comrade, homie, you know what I mean. Um, I got lots that I want to talk about today, okay? Um, and before I get into all of that, though, I do want to just get some quick formalities out of the way. First of which being a quick shout out to um, a, a Miss Julie Busybody. Yeah, I don't mean to out you. Let's I know uh, I'm not trying to send people to your way uh, on social media if you're not trying to have it. You know what I mean? But uh, a shout out nonetheless, because, you know, I want to just take a moment to thank you not only for listening to the podcast, but also for sharing your your feedback because again this shit always i can't tell you how much it really does mean to me you know what i mean for one uh, as i said before just the idea that i know that i'm not fucking talking to myself out there but um two perhaps most importantly is that it really does sincerely help me the constructive feedback in uh providing i, I feel a more a pleasurable enjoyable listening experience right so in this particular sense the another feedback in the same regard to what i've heard before about the the the, the pacing of my, my particular pacing of the podcast, right? So making another concerted, conscientious effort to slow this bitch down so I can get the information out in a more digestible way. Um, this isn't a new critique for sure. I've heard it even in my teaching because I just get so excited, bro. I get so fucking excited and amped up and I just want to fucking information dump all this shit out there because it's just so, it's, it's dope to me. You know what I mean? That's why I like talking about it. So, but at the same time, I do understand like it's about not just me, the speaker, it's about, you know, those of you all who are, in, uh, you know, digesting the material. So, of course, I have to take your fucking, um, your feedback, your constructive criticism into account, which I fucking greatly appreciate. You know what I mean? So, I'm going to make a concerted effort again to slow this bitch down just a little bit and try to get all the information out in a more digestible way. So, again, shout out Miss Julie Busybody, right? I'll see you. Um, I also see the rest of y'all motherfuckers, don't get me twisted, who are listening to this bitch get, I can't emphasize enough just how much I truly do appreciate it. You know what I mean? Uh, whether you fucking reach out or not is irrelevant to me. It's just the fact that I see you there. Like, I see you, homie. I see you. You know what I mean? And I greatly do appreciate it, honestly, sincerely. Okay? Um, I guess the next formality to get out the way quickly is if you're tuning in just from the, you know, um, podcast apps or YouTube alone... Uh, follow your boy, OG underscore Ice Nice 13 on the gram, something along the same lines of the other social medias, which I only plug in the case that, you know, uh, my OG underscore Ice Nice gets fucking <laughs> gets zucked, right? Which inevitably, I'm sure it probably will. Uh, but if it does, you know, I'll, I'll still be on the other socials uh, under the same name, but I'll also be on the gram still under OG dot Ice Nice 13. That's the backup, okay? And uh, I'm also looking to launch another one here shortly. That's regarded, it's directed specifically towards just finance. So I'll keep you posted with that whenever the time comes to drop it. You know what I mean? Um, another quick plug that I do want to do though is, uh, you know, uh, it was a project that I had in the back burner because of everything that just happened, you know, in my own personal life that I never got a chance to fully fucking uh, actualize. And I'm looking forward to trying to do so uh, with the new year is the whole running back shit. Just a quick recap, every uh, quick weekly, weekly recap. <laughs> Those words are a little difficult to fucking put together. A quick little weekly recap, and I'm looking forward to bringing that as well, starting this new year. So, um, yeah, let's just get into it, homeboy. Uh, this is going to be, <laughs> this is a fucking Project Bluebeam podcast, bro. So for those of you who are unaware, I hope to enlighten you on it. In fact, this is such a huge topic that it's actually part one of an ongoing series that I'm going to have on Project, on Project Bluebeam, okay? I'm actually really excited for this podcast, homie, because uh, beyond being about shit like, you know, Project Blue Beam, ultra-dimensional beings, fucking transhumanism, the cult and fucking Kant, <laughs> the philosophy, the horror of philosophy in general, you know what I mean? Um, I'm excited about it because it's the first podcast in a long time that I've actually felt inspired to fucking, you know, to write, to create, uh, just given everything that's happened in the last four months, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, yeah, just, I, let's, just let's, not, let's not belabor the point. I got a lot to talk about and let's just get into it, Okay. Um, the reason I actually wanted to, uh, uh, jump into this podcast, this, this fucking topic on the podcast is, well, for one or two, the first of which being, I, I've seen a lot of shit going on about Project Bluebeam on social media. You know what I mean? That's where I personally first fucking heard of Project Bluebeam. You know what I mean? But, uh, one thing that I've noticed is there's not really a lot of succinct information, a lot of concise information on what Project Bluebeam is. Okay. And the second reason why I wanted to drop it is because I just recently fucking caught up on all the Spider-Man movies. Um, me personally, 
I'm an OG in the sense that Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man. You know what I mean? So I had never seen any of the Spider-Mans beyond um, Spider-Man 3 with Venom. Fucking terrible Spider-Man, by the way, just so we're clear. But um, I was just sorely disappointed. I had such high hopes for that Spider-Man. You know what I mean? But why are you trying? It's too many characters, Sam Raimi. Come on, dog. You should have just stuck with Venom, bro. Sandman is a boring fucking character. Change my mind, okay? You can't. Um, anyways, the point is, <laughs> for the, like since, what, 2008, basically, I hadn't seen a new Spider-Man movie because it's just not really my fucking... I don't really, you know, I like the Avengers. I'm sorry, not the Avengers. The Guardians of the Galaxy. I watched those two, the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. But uh, I had never really gotten into the whole superhero Marvel movies. You know what I mean? And uh, I changed that recently. I got I also finished watching the Infinity Wars. Those are pretty dope, okay? Um, but I, besides that, I have only seen, you know, the, the, the Spider-Mans, right? So, but with the, with, the, uh, with the release of this new Spider-Man movie, I decided, you know what, dog? It's time to stop being such a fucking uptight academic snood and fucking just enjoy life a little bit. You know what I mean? Part of the reasons why I never got into the fucking Marvel comic movies is because I just, I'm an, I'm an elitist, dog. I'm an admitted elitist. I will tell you, like, yeah, I'm an elitist. And those movies, I believe, are beneath me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, which is fucking terribly not true. Those movies are fucking awesome and they're absolutely not beneath me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm nobody. I'm fucking beneath those movies, the caliber of those movies. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it was nice to go back and actually start watching these Spider-Man. I've always liked Spider-Man, more specifically Venom, you know what I mean, since, since childhood. So my cat again doing his thing on fucking cue, like always on every episode. I apologize for the, the background noise she may be causing. Okay, that's enough over there. That's enough. Thank you. Right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, going back to just the childhood in general, I was a fan of Spider-Man first, but then Venom came out and that was my, that was my fucking strawberry jam, homie. You know what I mean? I love Venom. So, um, obviously I was always drawn to the Spider-Man movies, hence my disappointment with Spider-Man 3, you know what I mean? And then, um, but I, that's around, that coincided around the time that I really started getting deeply into philosophy and I started like, you know, just, I just started focusing my attention otherwhere, uh, elsewhere, dog, you know, and, you know, movies kind of just fell towards the back burner, specifically the ones that, you know, I felt were not of, uh, uh, for some, a highbrow person like myself, hmm, right? Little T-sip, pinky outside bullshit, <laughs> Um, but, uh, with the release of this new Spider-Man, I was really excited. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I want to go watch these. I want to, I want to catch up. I want to catch up on all these Spider-Mans. You know what I mean? Uh, and see, like, uh, get the, get the, 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 the progression of the story. I don't want to just jump into this fucking, uh, what is it? Homecoming. I don't want to just jump into Homecoming and just not know what's going on. So, I, you know, I went back and I watched the Andrew Garfield ones. The first Andrew Garfield one, terrible. The second one, pretty dope. I like Electro, right? Um, and then, of course, the ones with this new cat, Tom Holland, those were pretty dope, too. You know what I mean? So it was nice to just be able to jump in there and, you know, uh, enjoy all the movies. By the way, Homecoming, pretty dope movie, okay? <laughs> I like the whole idea of the multiverse in general, deeply philosophical issues about, right? But today is not about the fucking Homecoming movie. Today is about, of all movies, the one I just mentioned, the one with Andrew Garfield and Electro. Or no, I'm lying, not Electro. <laughs> I'm tripping. I, 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 I just got that one on my mind because I have a, a different podcast uh, uh, lined up for that one. Today's podcast is Tom Holland and fucking, uh, what's his name? The dude from Brokeback Mountain, that guy, right? Uh, Mysterio, okay? And the reason why is because, well, Mysterio ain't shit more, dog, than the fucking culmination of Project Bluebeam. That's basically what it is, okay? <laughs> so it's really weird. Like, I guess now moving forward now beyond just all the fucking high, the highbrow shit, it's also weird watching movies just being so deeply immersed in fucking occult studies and shit. And just seeing all the fucking subliminal, just the subliminal messages that are being delivered through movies, you know what I mean? Call it predictive programming, call it priming, call it fucking brainwashing, which is all in line with what fucking Project Bluebeam is going to talk about, at least for today's episode, right? Uh, the point is that it's hard for me to just, it's not hard, it's just like every time I'm watching a movie, I can't help but be like, oh, look, there's that, there's that, there's that, you know what I mean? And it's just fucking weird. So uh, when I was watching this fucking, um, which one is it? Far From Home, the Mysterio one. Uh, I couldn't help but be the same way. And in this particular case, it was Project Bluebeam, bro. Because again, that is all Mysterio is fucking, that's all he's doing. He's just doing, fuck, he's he, he's the fucking evil villain of fucking, uh, uh, by, by way of Project Bluebeam, okay? Now, whether they were fucking priming us, they being the Hollywood folks, whether they were priming us, predictive programming, preparing us for the inevitable fucking Project Bluebeam, or whether it's just a complete happenstance, that's up for you to decide, okay? But for me personally, I can't help but feel as though that movie is a, just one piece, a small, tiny piece in a giant fucking puzzle, the larger agenda. And that is here of preparing us for the unveiling of Project Bluebeam. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, let's just fucking get into it, dog. What the fuck is Project Bluebeam? Again, I've heard, I've heard a lot of shit about Project Bluebeam. Okay. But I've never really found anything that details it for me personally in a satisfactory manner. So, 
consider this first episode in this ongoing series on Project Bluebeam my first attempt to be able to do so, okay? Now, to be clear, this Project Bluebeam shit dog, it's so much more than just this technological and political element that's behind it, okay? Namely, the use of... Let's just get into what Project Bluebeam is like in a nutshell, okay? In a nutshell, the idea with Project Bluebeam is they're going to use holograms to deceive us into believing that there's either a false alien attack or the second coming of some Abrahamic messiah in order to usher in a one-world government. If you ask me, I scare quote it because uh, I, I'm, I'm sure we've been living under this quote-unquote one-world government for decades at the very least. You know, probably longer than decades if you ask me personally. But uh, for the sake of not sounding, not getting too deep into the conspiratorial waters, I'll just say certainly decades and absolutely within the last year or two. You know what I mean? But um, that's the basic gist with fucking um, Project Bluebeam is they're going to use holograms to fucking you know, uh, they're going to use them to project these fucking either a false alien attack or the second coming of, you know, the Christian God or, you know, the Islamic Allah, whatever the case might be, in order to scare us. They're trying to scare us in, uh, into submission so that, that we personally will gladly usher in the fucking one world government. This is a, a deeply occultic fucking idea here. And that is dark arts occultic, Right. And that is the idea that you can't just impose this shit on people. We have to do it by way of our of our free will. Okay, uh, I hate talking about this in such a way because not, not I don't hate talking about it, but I don't like to align myself with the fucking Western Christian world uh, the way they see it personally. Okay, because my shit's completely different, and we'll talk about it here as the podcast uh, episode continues. But um, for the sake of just simplicity, the basic idea is that. This is something that can't be just imposed on people. They have to fucking, it has to be willingly given by us, right? Our power has to be willingly given by us. So the most common example in pop culture that I can give you is like when it comes to vampires and shit, vampires just can't come into your house. They have to ask permission. You know what I mean? That's kind of the idea here when it comes to this fucking free will, like, uh, uh, the problem of free will with, you know, occultism and all that shit. And it is that they can't just impose their will on us. We have to willingly allow them to do so. Which is where you get shit like the revelation of method, where you get predictive programming, revelation of method being when they show you what's going to happen. And now that now that you know the information, whether uh, consciously or, or unconsciously, the choice is now upon you, me, and everybody else to conscientiously choose to avoid it and keep it from happening. And if you don't, their karma will be clear because at least they fucking reveal to you what their intentions were, right? And that's also the, the gist here with fucking predictive programming and with priming and all that kind of shit. They're just preparing you and by way, they're subconsciously uh, entering into our fucking uh, consciousness and they're going to use it basically. And this is where my shit comes from. This is where this is the distinction from uh, the, the, the Western Christian world is that they're going to use our subconscious to fucking direct our energy in such a way to fucking help usher in what it is that they desire. Right. Which, to be fair, is a little bit along the line of where the Western Christian world is going to come from, but it's got the whole you know, God element and entailed into it. And I'm not really obviously into that. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, the idea here then being is that they're going to use this to fucking bludgeon us into submission out of fear. Right. And say that the only way that we can fucking defend against this quote unquote attack is that if we all unite as one, which, you know, on the surface level sounds great unity and all that kind of shit. But, you know, obviously there's, you know, some belying fucking factors that are a little bit sus, if you will. Okay. But the idea is that the only way to defend against this quote unquote attack is to do so. Right. And from here, we start to see how this process involves everything, dog, from the fucking occult to magic, to alchemy, to demonology, the fucking transhumanist agenda, and just so much more. That's why I say it's just one part of an ongoing series, right? This is one episode. Because there's so much fucking enmeshed within this fucking Project Bluebeam. It's, it's basically like not a culmination, a grand culmination, but it builds upon just fucking decades worth of conspiracy theories that have been fucking slowly unfolding. You know what I mean? And yeah, all of these fucking factors are inherently involved in it. And the best way to understand it is to delve into them in a way that, you know, gives them their due proper. Okay. So um, with that in mind, at the core of this then, of uh, of this all is... That the basic desire is going to be to birth a new reality. Again, another heavily occultic fucking term, okay? Um, as I mentioned before, as I'm sure you've already known, <laughs> the Rona dog, this shit was just the beginning, homie. Uh, at, at, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's at the very beginning. And it's very evident that the world that existed just fucking two years ago, homie, it's never going to return. We're never going to go back to quote unquote normal. This is the new normal, right? 
for better or for worse. So basically, they succeeded in one element in birthing a new reality, right? And again, this is just another basic occult theme, dog. And it goes by many names. This birthing of a new reality, it goes by many names, homie. You know, chief among which being the one that I like and most familiar with is the quote-unquote evolution of consciousness, right? But, you know, the Freemasons, they're going to call it the quote-unquote great work. And uh, those of uh, those those, those uh, uh, Aleister Crowley peoples, they're going to call it the quote-unquote eon of horrors, right? And just so on. There's just so many different fucking ways to refer to the same basic general idea, right? And if you ask me, I mean, don't get me twisted. I mean, I don't, it's not even about getting me twisted, dog. Like, don't get yourself twisted, homie. Uh, even if you don't see it yet, don't get it. Like, it's coming, dog. The birth of a new reality is coming. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, okay? And uh, if you ask me and others like myself, it will be by way of the imminent alien disclosure. This Rona shit, dog, is just the fucking backdrop. It's just setting the backdrop for the <laughs> oncoming alien fucking or... I say aliens, dog, but I'm not ruling out entirely the fucking religious element. I'm just not going to yet, okay? That's still very much a possibility that is entirely in play in my eyes, okay? And one of the reasons I'm not quick to discount it is because, well, for one, it'd be silly to discount any possibility, right? Um, for two, as you're gonna, as we're going to find throughout the uh, unfolding of this particular episode, inherent in this fucking Project Bluebeam is the possibility that we're not dealing with fucking... Well, for one, okay, there's two parts to it. There's two... There's more than two, but for this particular op- uh, uh, podcast episode, there's two potentialities. And the first potentiality is that there exists nothing outside of humans. So no demons, no aliens, no fucking extra or ultra dimensional beings, right? Just humans. And that what po- uh, Project Bluebeam is, is an attempt to exploit our belief in the existence of immaterial uh, substances or matters or perhaps even extraterrestrial entities, right? And they're going to use that to uh, 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 assert uh, uh, control on a material level that is just humans controlling other humans by way of illusion such as Mysterio does in the fucking uh, uh, Far From Home epi- uh, movie of Spider-Man right and another element is that these entities do very much exist okay they just don't exist in the way that we have become familiar with by way of pop culture so we're going to find through this episode is that pop culture plays a, uh, a media mass media in general plays a very critical role in the unfolding of fucking the alien agenda the fucking uh, uh, Abrahamic God agenda, and that is going to be that it's presented us with symbols of what we believe these entities to be, and um, what's going to happen then. You know, symbols are critically important, and we'll find out why. But what's going to happen then is that the second possibility tells us that what's going uh, instead what's going to happen is that instead of being visited by like extraterrestrial beings from another planet, we're going to be uh, visited by ultra dimensional beings that we as humans, by way of our limited senses, have not been able to see. And what they're going to do is they're going to take the form of aliens, if you will, or angels or demons that we are familiar with by fucking way of pop culture. So because of these obvious tropes that are in their association with religion, that's why I'm unwilling to rule out completely at this point the fucking religious component to it. But if you ask me personally, it just by way of how fucking uh, pop culture has been trending, it seems more likely that it's going to be the fucking alien re- revelation. Um, the most, <laughs> it's just weird. They're so intimately intertwined, dog. Uh, like, for instance, recently that meme that was fucking circulating, well, the news, I guess, that was circulating that was, you know, most popularized, if you ask me, by Joe Rogan, just given his massive fucking audience, was how, you know, the leaders of world religions are coming together to, you know, find out how they're going to brace religious people for the revelation of these aliens. You know what I mean? So the just the association between religion in general and aliens, it's just like, it's it's it, to me, it just seems as though it's all fucking interconnected. There is no going to be no distinction between an alien and a demon. Either the fucking demons are going to be taking the form, shape-shifting, if you will, into the into a more familiar way that we are used to seeing in the form of aliens, or perhaps the aliens themselves are actual demons. I don't know. I just it's all related in somehow. So that's why I'm that's why I'm not committed to saying it's only one of two possibilities, right? Anyways, <laughs> tangential, not tangential. That's all shit I was going to talk about in the podcast just a little bit further. So for now. Let's just get back to me again. Personally, if you ask myself, I, I do believe it will be the alien disclosure. Okay. Now, again, I scare quoted because <laughs> it's hard for me. This is hard. This was a hard pill for me to swallow. Doc. Project Bluebeam was a hard pill for me to swallow. And um, the reason why is because I fucking have believed, I have believed rather like unquestionably in the existence of aliens since I was a child, since I was a kid. I believe I've shared before on this podcast the story that I had of a pen pal in fucking elementary school. I was in fifth grade. And um, my teacher, if I haven't shared it, I'll share it quickly. 
uh, my teacher, she had a daughter who was teaching overseas in Japan. And, uh, you know, in order to help the Japanese children with their English liter- uh, fluency, we, they started a pen pal program between us and the, the students in Japan. And uh, <laughs> one of the pen pals that I got was some kid that fucking was convinced that he had been abducted by aliens. And he, I wish I fucking had these letters, man. They were so dope. He would send me pictures of like a fucking uh, of him being abducted by aliens. And that was that kicked off my fascination with aliens. I mean, I was already training in that direction because we started learning about physics and all that shit. But when I started fucking talking with this kid, it just it, it completely enmeshed me in the world of alien existence. And ever since then, like, I've been fucking convinced, convinced that aliens exist. You know what I mean? So this Project Bluebeam, it was difficult. It was a difficult pill for me to swallow because basically is telling me it basically is telling us that nah dog aliens are not real there is no such thing as extraterrestrial beings there is no such thing as aliens in fact this whole idea of aliens and the alien ufo agenda is a fucking psyop that is being used by they right by them in order to advance a forthcoming agenda that's going to help them usher in complete totalitarian social control okay so (laughs) Yeah, that's why it was so fucking difficult for me. Because, again, I was, you know, hook, line, and sinker into the alien agenda, dog. But now I'm not really so sure, homie. Right? And as crazy as it sounds, there's actually a profound philosophical justification. There's profound philosophical justification for both arguments, dog. For both arguments. The existence of aliens and the non-existence of what the aliens that we've been uh, inclined to believe in. And that's where the whole multiverse shit comes into play. Which is why, obviously, I was talking about homecoming and all that, right? Well, not obviously, but now I'm just, like, making it explicitly clear. The philosophical connections with fucking uh, Homecoming, the Spider-Man one, <laughs> right? But there's also profound justification for, no, there is no such thing as an extraterrestrial entity. And in fact, there might not be anything such as the fucking, what we perceive to be outer space. The whole space is fake shit, dog, right? <laughs> for those of you who are not as deeply fucking committed to this quote-unquote conspiratorial shit, you might just be fucking at this point thinking to yourself, what the fuck am I listening to, dog? Are you going to sit here and tell me that space is fake, homie? Maybe, right? I don't know. That's the whole point about being a radical skeptic. I used to think fucking for sure space is fake, but as I've gotten deeper into this fucking, not the conspiracy dog, but the fucking uh, Kantian philosophy, this transcendental idealism, the philosophical justification, profound philosophical justification, one of the most celebrated philosophers in the, in the early modern tradition, and just the whole Western tradition of philosophy as a whole. His philosophy lends credence to the idea that there is no such thing as outer space, that there is, in fact, this, this dimension that we're living in right here and the space that we fucking perceive is entirely fucking imbued on reality by us as humans. Time itself is imbued on reality by humans. So it's not that necessarily that space as in, you know, distance doesn't exist so much as that the only fucking existence that there is is where we are right now. So you can go to quote unquote outer space, you know what I mean? But you're not leaving this existence. You're not leaving this reality. Now, obviously that fucking that fails the science of being, well, you're leaving the stratosphere, you're leaving all that kind of shit, to which first I would say, damn, dog, have we really done that? Like, have we really left the stratosphere? Have we done all this kind of shit we say we have? And on the second half, it also betrays the idea that, you know, we're entering into a fucking, uh, a, a new element, which this fucking transcendental idealism is not denying. It's just space on a grander fucking scale. All it's simply saying is that even that space on a grander scale, it's still the same exact reality. Like, you're not really leaving anything. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where this fucking shit starts to come into play with this whole Project Bluebeam and why I'm so interested in it. This whole idea of the potentiality of maybe space, at least as we've come to know it, is in fact fake, right? So, (laughs) again, this is obviously some deeply conspiratorial shit as it implies this, the non-existence of actual space and planetary bodies, yo. Like, it's just weird. When I'm telling you, dog, when I first started jumping into, not, not jumping into it, but I guess falling down the rabbit hole, um, one of the questions I would think to myself is like, are you seriously going to sit here and try to tell me that planetary bodies don't exist? Like I've seen pictures of Mars. I've seen pictures of the moon. I've seen pictures of fucking black holes, of faraway galaxies. And then you do a little bit more research, dog, and you realize like, oh, well, no, I haven't actually. I've seen composites. I've seen fucking CGI. I've seen anything but actual pictures. There are, I'm told, there is a camera from Japan that is currently circling the earth that takes pictures of it at all times, which, you know, those may be real. But a lot of them aren't, dog, and that shit kind of trips me out because, again, it gets to the whole radical skepticism thing where you have reason, you don't, you should rather discard anything you have reason to suspect. And when you have these fucking, these government alphabet agencies like NASA, 
who are releasing composite images, CGI images of fucking space to what they're supposed to be researching and they're fucking fake, it makes me wonder like, well, what else is fake? What reason do I have to trust these people? And so on and so forth, right? Now, (laughs) again, I know this strikes us initially absurd given all that we've been told about fucking planetary bodies and outer space and all that kind of shit, right? And this in and of itself is an entirely different conspiracy, homie, that while certainly would help us in understanding what I'm talking about today, it merits its own entire fucking discussion on its own, okay? It's beyond the scope of this particular episode, right? And if you're interested, I, I urge you, dog, just look into the history of NASA, what the fuck they're working on, what the fuck, you know, into Warner Von Braun and his ideas about the firmament and the stars and all that kind of shit, why he wanted to reach the stars. And, you know, just you, you, you can form your own opinion from there, right? Maybe perhaps one day I'll talk about it in further detail. But again, beyond the scope of this episode, because for this particular episode today, all I'm saying is that what this implies is the non-existence of not only, you know, the space between planetary bodies, as in uh, um, aliens coming from far away, uh, from a faraway planet or from a faraway solar system entirely. That's the point that I'm trying to get to, okay? More specifically, it implies that if, you know, if such beings do exist, they are not extraterrestrial in the way that we are often told, as in from a other fucking planetary body, but rather that they are ultra-dimensional instead. So again, this would be why the fucking preachers and shit are getting ready, homie, because, you know, they are what we have historically known, these forthcoming... I don't want to say it with certainty. That's all I'm trying to imply, but I'm, this is just uh, extrapolating, or not even extrapolating, I'm just piecing together the fucking conspiracy. They're, you know... Uh, the conspiracy is going to tell us then that if they are in fact ultra-dimensional, they are what we have historically known to be shit like demons, dog, fairies, pixies, elves, and all the other sorts of tropes that fucking exist across time and culture. Aliens, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, angels. You know what I'm saying? Like all these different things that we as people are not accustomed to seeing generally outside of works of fiction, right? Now, in order to expand on this further, we have to, again, first revisit our old familiar world of the philosophy of horror, dog. Because even though Kant's philosophy alone justifies this shit, he doesn't explicitly relate it as such, right? I want to be able to explicitly relate it in a way that, you know, is digestible through tropes that you're likely familiar with. I know I'm familiar with, and those usually come in the form of horror, right? Whether they come, you know, sci-fi, just mass media in general, Okay. Um, which is, of course, the realm of the philo- the horror of philosophy, right? To com- to convey these complex philosophical ideas in a way, you know, with these tropes. And uh, while aliens and the like are generally, you know, relegated to the realm of sci-fi, there's no doubt that, you know, <laughs> it itself comes with a twist of cosmic horror. The existence of aliens would be fucking terrifying, dog, because that implies that there is, in fact, let's just assume that, you know, Project Blue Moon is false, this ultra-dimensional idea is false, and that there are, in fact, extraplanetary bodies and thus extraterrestrial beings, that, and they were able to transcend, they were able to fucking, you know, travel, uh, break the speed of light to travel to Earth. That means that they're highly advanced, obviously, right? And, you know, more so than we as humans, because we're unable to do any of that, which means that they wouldn't look at us as some sort of fucking equal. They would look at us the way we look at, you know, animals here on Earth that are of equal intelligence, but we, you know, like orcas put them in, in uh, uh, swimming pools and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, and returning back to this idea... There's no need to get bogged down, homie, in the specifics, if you will, of Kantian philosophy because this shit is mad complex, okay? Um, It's mad complex, this Kantian philosophy, with a a lot of moving parts. Uh, But one of the central themes, again, is his insistence on the distinction by what he refers to as the noumenal world and the nominal world, okay? Now, this distinction itself is important for reasons that are far, again, far beyond the scope of this episode. But perhaps the most important one is that it allows for knowledge of, and thus the ensuing existence thereof, of shit like the Christian God, which for Kant is obviously important in terms of morality and the whole God is dead shit that I've talked about in previous episodes at length, right? But for my purposes, dog, the takeaway is twofold. And that is first that the idea, there is the, it justifies rather, the idea that there does in fact exist shit outside of what we as humans can perceive. Okay. This is, I mean, this isn't even conspiratorial, dog. This is basic understanding of science, right? This entirely 
I've talked about it at length before in previous episodes. We have fundamentally limited senses. We don't see everything that exists out there. And this is the basic gist of this uh, uh, distinction here between the noumenal and the nominal world of Kantian philosophy. The understanding that, you know, reality, Kant will tell us, is under absolutely no obligation to fucking adequately reflect what it is that we perceive, okay? What we perceive as reality is nothing more than what our minds as humans, these fundamentally limited beings, are capable of constructing. But reality may be actually radically different from what it is that we collectively as humans have said that it is, right? And that's kind of the idea here between us traveling between ultra dimensions. It's not even a fucking... It, you don't even have to think about it in terms of, old, of other dimensions, homie, for this Project Blooming shit. Just think about it of being a, 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 in terms of occult, of unocculting, of making visible the, the previously invisible, okay? Uh, it's easy for them to justify and say, this is an alien or this is an ultra-dimensional being. Look, they've never been here before. Uh, and now they're, they're, they're here, right? But the, the fucking shit is, homie, they may very well have been here the entire time. We just haven't been able to see them because of our fundamentally limited senses. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's sowing this small seed of skepticism, this small seed of doubt. You know, you got to question everything, homie, the basic gist, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, the second, the second uh, reason why that it's fucking so important to me is that the non-possibility of any other realities, homie, aside from this one that we reside in, right? And that's going back that. That's what I meant about the whole space is fake shit, okay? There's, even if it is fucking however X amount of miles up in outer space, it's still the same reality, homie. We're still in the same exact space, okay? Um, so uh, with this distinction then between the noumenal and the nominal world, basically what's going to happen is the, the, the reason why it's a twofold of importance to me is just to reiterate the non-possibility of any other realities aside from the one that we reside in. And basically what's happening is they're just going to... Uh, make visible previously the previously invisible. So yeah, there's some interesting shit going on here, homie, because although it sounds monistic in nature, what I've been talking about with Kant, um, <laughs> and thus right up my alley, given my Nawa fucking inclinations, you know what I mean? This, what makes a difference is that this Kantian shit, it admits a bit of a duality, okay? Um, this transcendentalist idealism specifically. I don't want to give all the credit to Kant, right? But um it, 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 in a sense, it asserts, again, this distinction between the reality that we can experience and the reality that we can't experience. So the distinction between that and the Teotnawa monism is that, nope, there's just what you see. That's all there is. You know what I mean? Not, not, I don't want to be so reductive because it's more complex than that, but all of reality is still, even when we don't, we, what we can't see, essentially, right? And what this Kantian character is saying is that, nah, there's a noumenal world of shit that we can't see and then the nominal world that we exist in, okay? And um, he... Uh, the, the convenience here for Kant is that this noumenal world is where shit like, you know, the Christian God exists, where the quote unquote self would exist, right? And um, the reason why I, there's no need to focus on it any further is because that just takes us into this world of the problems that Western Christian philosophy has yet to resolve, okay? Which again, I'm not interested in for this particular episode because for my purposes, where this takes us instead is into the world of the horror of philosophy, dog, and just cosmic horror in general, all right? as it is nothing more than exactly what authors such as fucking Lovecraft have been lamenting since fucking time immemorial, dog. And that is that given our understanding of our fundamentally limited senses, it isn't difficult to extrapolate, at the very least, uh, the possibility that there exists shit that may very well be living among us, if you will. So, you know, shit that we may be aware of our existence, or rather, shit that may be aware of our existence even if we personally aren't aware or even capable of being aware of its existence. My cat again. Okay, calm down over there. Um, and perhaps most importantly, dog, it fucking, <laughs> it, 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 it at the very least gives the possibility of sh the existence of shit that perhaps has not wanted to be revealed, quote unquote, okay? And that has remained occulted because of this, but that we have managed by way of technology or science right? Or magic, I should say, even, uh, to unveil nonetheless, okay? Shit that perhaps we weren't capable of seeing before, given obviously our fundamentally limited senses, but now thanks to this fucking new technology and magic, will be more easily accessible for us to do so, okay? Now, as a quick aside, <laughs> as a quick aside, I do, I do want to just qualify it, because I know this shit sounds fucking batshit crazy, homie, which is fine, you know what I mean? 
if this sounds batshit crazy to you, maybe this is not the podcast for you, <laughs> right? But maybe it is. Just give it a chance, right? Debate. What, what, what I'm trying to say here, dog, is that I just, I just, I can't help but laugh. I can't help but find it funny whenever people immediately dismiss this as baseless conspiratorial rantings. Like, oh, what? You know, um, you're gonna sit here and tell me that there's shit that exists that we can't see that's fucking watching us, but we can't see it in return. To which I'm like, yeah, dog, maybe, okay. And it's just like, damn, homie, if you can at least fucking and entertain this idea, then it's clear that you don't have, not, not, not only that you lack any sort of philosophical knowledge of relevance, but it shows, homie, that if you did, uh, 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 that you wouldn't be so quick to fucking just dismiss this as a baseless conspiracy. You know what I mean? Because you would understand that, dog, maybe the infinite universe is right, which would entail an infinite number of possibilities, including the possibility that there exists shit that fucking can see us, but we can't in return see, okay? <laughs> now, the example that I like to give about this, right? is the example of what I call the trapdoor parable. Shout out to the Instagram account called Arcane Wit. For those of you who are interested, they're the ones that posted it, okay? They're the ones that created the story. And the basic gist here between uh, behind the arcane parable is simple. It asks us to consider how many crickets have survived an encounter with the trapdoor spider, okay? So here the trapdoor spider is the fucking occulted boogeyman, boogie monster, right? And we ourselves are obviously the crickets, right? So the idea is that very few crickets, for sure, have not, have, sell, have fucking survived. Dude, my cat is going crazy right now. I am sorry. Very few crickets have survived. That's the basic gist, okay? But a few have, to be sure, a few have, okay? Perhaps it's only been, you know, fucking one of thousands, dog. Maybe only one of thousands has been able to emerge from that silky hole, right? By some trick of fate, if you will, right? Um, and this cricket, it doesn't know what it just encountered, let alone how to explain the monster it just encountered because there are no words in its fucking cricket language for it, right? His species, they don't even know that this spider exists because every time uh, one of their <laughs> members has encountered this spider, it's ended with their death and thus the idea of their, or the knowledge of its existence ended at that encounter, right? Um, but, you know, you have that one cricket that managed to escape and this cricket, this fucking parable tells us, it manages to chirp a fragmented song, okay? A warning, if you will. And, you know, other other crickets, they replicate it, they repeat it, and they even fucking change the song, dog. And that after generations of this, there is some level of awareness. There's some level of awareness, right? But most crickets, they don't believe in the spider. We have some fundamental awareness of things such as demons and, you know, fucking fairies, pixies, elves, and the likes, right? But most people don't believe in that kind of shit, you know, Right? It's nothing more than a fucking scary tale that fucking meant to prevent people from wandering off, if you will, okay? Um, but despite that, bro, some crickets, they go looking for the spider. And <laughs> some of them report on finding nothing because, you know, when they're out there looking, maybe the cricket, the spider wasn't hungry and they managed to just fucking skirt by the fucking trap door without any sort of confrontation at all. But sometimes they don't return, okay? However, even though they don't return, their fellow crickets never chalk it up to the existence of a trapdoor spider, they just assume something else must have gotten them instead, something they are familiar with. Maybe it was a fall. Maybe it was dehydration. Maybe it was illness. Maybe it was a known predator. Motherfuckers go missing in the mountains, never be seen again, and we don't think to ourselves they were abducted by fucking inter- or ultra-dimensional beings. We think to ourselves they fucking fell, they disappeared, they were eaten by a bear before their bodies could be recovered, etc., right? Anything but the spider, homie, as it is never seen as a real danger, Okay. It is never seen as a, the spider as a real danger that's just waiting for its next stumbling meal. And because of that, the spider remains only a song hummed in the evenings, right? Never as a master of its incomprehensible trap. And the spider, for the most part, is content with this. It's happy with that, right? And that's kind of the parable to explain that, dog, we're so quick to dismiss this shit that we have no fucking... You know, we're so quick to dismiss shit that we don't even entertain as a possibility, right? But in, maybe in doing so, we're not actually serving our own interests, but the interests of the things that maybe wants to remain hidden to us, despite the fact that we are in full vision of it, okay? Now, the funny shit, of course, is that <laughs> in returning back to this fucking Project Bluebeam, this idea can fucking be co-opted for various purposes, including nefarious ones, hence Project Bluebeam, okay? Because, again, at the core of this conspiracy, homie, rests all of the aforementioned knowledge, okay? And the ensuing skepticism 
that follows, especially of official narratives that want to tell us shit like, you're crazy, homie. Aliens don't exist, right? As what, as what it is that the government had told us for so many years leading up until last year, 2020, when it's like, oh, you know what? Actually, surprise, aliens do in fact exist. And we've known for a very fucking long time, even though we denied any such knowledge, right? <laughs> uh, these motherfuckers, dog, the ones running shit, they know full well. And they can easily use this to deceive us, bro, just like Mysterio did with Spider-Man. What do they know full well? They know that we're easily susceptible. They know that we are skeptical. They know that we are fucking... They just know. They just... They have a fun... They they know human psychology in and out, dog. They just... They know us. They know human beings to a fundamental T, right? Whether it's because of just psychology itself, whether it's because of social media algorithms. They just... They know. They know. They know how to fuck with us. They know how to exploit us. They know everything, okay? Now... Whatever the case is in regards to what it is they do know or don't know, when it comes to this possible uh, this project Bluebeam shit, dog, there are one of two possibilities. Well, even then, I don't hate, I hate to just limit it to two possibilities, but for my purposes here, there is one of two possibilities, okay? And that is that they're either these entities either exist and they are being summoned, if you will, by way of mass cultural ritual, or they don't exist and they will be used as a scapegoat to usher in further social control. Now, if you ask me, it's more likely a synthesis of both, okay? But who knows? It could be the fucking things do exist and they're the ones controlling the fucking Project Bluebeam. It could be that they don't, they do exist, but they don't want to be revealed and we're fucking forcing the revelation nonetheless, right? Whatever the case it might be. The other alternative in, in regards to the first one is that they do know they exist and they're working in tandem with fucking occultists to, you know, manifest in reality, which is, dude, my cat seriously is on one today. What is wrong with her? <laughs> Right. Uh, and the idea here is that they are working in tandem with the occultists to usher in social control or not just social control, but control of our energy, dog, our fucking uh, uh, the more sacred thing that we have here on Earth. Right. Or as humans, I should say. Um, so anyways, and going back to this idea, uh, the point is that no one really knows what the fuck is happening, dog. And that's the point. Right. No one really knows what the possibilities are. And that's the fucking point. OK. No one seems to know. And the ones that, you know, we believe and perhaps, you know, rightfully or unrightfully so, namely the government, okay, that should give us every reason to question them. The government is never going to fucking give us truthful information. They're never going to give us anything that is helpful to us, right? We know this. This is simple fucking elementary shit. You know what I mean? So because of that, we're able to piece together essentially all this fucking information about, you know, what it is the occultists are doing, what it is the fucking... Um, the possibilities of existence are given our limited senses. And we, we get to the case where, you know, we get to the conclusion where irrespective of how it is that it may happen, we know that unquestionably the foundation for this conspiracy is that we don't know specifically what all is possible. We have an idea of what is possible, but by and large, it's just, it's hidden. It still remains hidden. The potentiality of what is actually possible remains hidden, Okay. So, again, for this purposes, when it comes into this Project Bluebeam shit and, you know, just how, how it basically works to exploit human nature, uh, for me personally, I like to just synthesize both the occultic ritual and the government control element, right? Because, honestly, what's the entire point of doing any of this if it's not for control, basically, okay? <laughs> and in my case, the distinction is going to be that rather than simply presuming the existence of, quote-unquote, extraterrestrial beings, be they aliens be they Abrahamic gods or other, as part of the ploy to subject people to a form of quote-unquote higher power, right? And the presumed control that would come with it because, you know, humans, going back to how they know everything about human psychology, we like to fucking hierarchize shit. We like to stratify shit, you know what I mean? So if something is coming from an extra dimension or from an ultra dimension that would somehow imply that they are greater than humans and thus they would subject us as opposed to the other way around, right? So... Uh, the idea here is that whatever the distinction, rather than simply presuming the existence of such these things, uh, despite the fucking seeming non-existence thereof, I'm just going to assume that such entities do in fact exist, homie, okay? But instead of coming from outer space, I'm going to just fucking throw it out there for the sake of this podcast that they're traveling interdimensionally, homie. <laughs> Uh, this is not new. I'm, not def I'm definitely not the one that's fucking coming up with this idea, just so we're clear. I'm not trying to take any credit for it, right? For those of you who know, you know. I don't even want to say the fucking name because just in saying it, I'm going to invoke the wrath of the fucking social media technocrats, right? But the initials are A-J, okay? Uh, these these entities, 
They are traveling interdimensionally between planes of existence and they are being summoned by these dark arts occultists to usher in totalitarian control, right? So again, for my sake, what I'm trying to tell you is that the holographs in turn are simply to give them recognizable appearances, something that we are familiar with. How are we familiar with it? Through mass media, dog, through pop culture, right? Whether it's in the form of aliens like we've been primed to believe in or deities, that shit's irrelevant, dog as the familiarity itself is inconsequential to the greater overall goal. And that is that UFOs and the associated phenomena are being used to change our fundamental understanding of reality. That's the basic goal, the birth of a new fucking consciousness. (laughs) In this particular case, that which is inherent with the existence or the alleged existence of aliens, demons, and Abrahamic God, and so on, okay? This is the entire point behind the occult theme, dog. And again, this is what this is the evolution of consciousness, homie. The idea that we as humans have a quote-unquote higher calling in the new age, which, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, is arrived at by way of alchemical great work, right? Now, an underlying belief in this idea is that there is this blind force in nature, this alchemical great work, dog. They're going to want to tell us that there's this blind force in nature, that a practitioner of magic could use to cause change in the quote-unquote real world. Now, for my Nawa folk, this is not fucking shocking. This is not like this is not this is this is just common sense in, in the Nawa world, dog. Okay, they're 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 telling us nothing more than you are able to challenge Theo in such a way that will help sway it to your will. Okay, where the distinction would be, if any, is that there is a sense of agency coming to it from the sense from the Western world. What do I mean? The agency. That they are, um, that there is some sort of fucking end goal in mind that they're going to use this to summon in some sort of predetermined end goal as opposed to just the unfolding, the non-agentive unfolding of Theo, okay? Whatever the case, the basic idea is that occult forces, occultists, are seeking to create a new reality devoid of religion by manifesting entities through symbolism in contact via the subconscious. So this is what the people who are advocating for fucking the, the, the use of Project Bluebeam, this is what they're trying to tell us. They're telling us that these fucking dark arts occultists, they're trying to create a new reality, dog. One that is devoid of any sort of religion, right? And they're going to do so by manifesting entities through symbolism. The symbolism here being the trope of an alien, the trope of an Abrahamic god, Right? Whether it's a magic symbol or a fucking picture, it's irrelevant. They both have the same effect in this occultism, right? The symbol is, is, is hugely fucking prominent in occultist studies, okay? And uh, the reason why is because symbols, we're told, are the tools to access the subconscious. So what happens is it boils down to, again, this occultic venerating of symbols as a means of communicating, essentially, with the subconscious. And the subconscious, in turn, being the realm where creativity resides, right? So the idea here is then that the quote-unquote aliens (laughs) or any other pop culture icon along these lines that we've been primed with, you know, that we've been primed with, they're symbolic in nature, homie, and they're intended. They are intended to enter into our subconsciousness where they can, in turn, use this energy that we have, this doubt that we have, right, to guide us, if you will, towards a higher purpose and to create a new world. Or simply put, they're using the iconography of aliens to help birth a new consciousness, Doug. Now, whether again these shits exist or whether or not they don't exist at this point is entirely irrelevant because that is not the purpose. The revelation of an alien, of a demon, of a god is not the end goal. The end goal is always, only ever, the birth of a new consciousness, right? Namely, specifically... The consciousness of uh, that is uh, shaped in the form of that of the occultist. So that, this is why I keep emphasizing the importance of the distinction between the Nawa and the Western world and the importance of the distinction between agency and non-agency because for me personally, this, this, is, this, this gives hope because all, it's, all I'm telling you in a nutshell is that whatever world these people fucking summon, it's not the end-all be-all. There can be many worlds, dog. There can be, we can create new worlds at any given moment. This is one of the this is one of the beasts that I have with Christianity. 
it's so definitive. It's so fucking like it, it 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 locks us in a box and says that this is the only world that can possibly exist. Which I say that's bullshit, dog. That's just one of many infinite, infinitely many worlds. Okay, and when you fucking tell people otherwise, you're limiting their ability to escape from this box and create new worlds. So when it comes to this fucking Project Bluebeam shit, like yeah, they might succeed in fucking creating this new world. But that's just only if we allow them to, in the sense that we give them our fucking energy to do so. We allow them into our subconscious. We allow them to use us as the vassals, if you will, to fucking summon in these forces necessary to create their new world, which we can obviously conscientiously choose not to by either not partaking in their fucking rituals or just completely fucking removing ourselves from the Western world. Like, uh, this Western world is fucking bullshit, dog. I'm going to indigenize and focus on how my indigenous ancestors saw this shit instead. And you all have fun with your fucking crazy shit. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm getting back to this fucking, <laughs> this aliens as fucking iconography. It's picking up on the work of this ufologist dog. His name is Dr. Jacques Valley, okay, uh, who tells us that this UFO agenda, it's being used to further a control system designed for the greater good of humanity, <laughs> which obviously you should always be skeptical of when people say some shit like that, right? But he tells us that it's for the greater good of humanity, by driving us to become fascinated with space, the supernatural, and an all-around new frontiers of consciousness, right? So all of which sounds great. Like, oh, that's fucking awesome. But the question then naturally is, why would they be doing all of this shit? Is it possible? I've talked about this in a previous episode. Is it possible that this shit emerges organically? Or is all of fucking mass culture, pop culture, fucking driven by hidden forces that, you know, they want to introduce this kind of shit in order to advance certain interests, whether they be material, economic interests, like, you know, Instagram influencers being paid by brands and corporations to start rocking new fashion in order for that company to, you know, increase its value. Or, you know, whether they're done in the sense of greater purposes beyond material factors, such as they're introducing obsession with shit like aliens, witchcraft, cosmology, fucking demons and all that kind of stuff in order to prime us for the inevitable revelation of all of the aforementioned, whether they exist or not, irrelevant. Why is it irrelevant? Because they don't. these aliens don't have to exist. The demons don't have to exist for the people who are using the fucking holograms to assert their control as if they were in existence nonetheless, right? So that's kind of what's going on here, dog. Why are they doing this? And the answer is simple, because they're occultists. That's what the fuck occultists do, dog, Right? And because of that, they hang on to this Crowleyan belief that interdimensional entities hold the key to our enlightenment and evolution as humans. So again, it ain't about traveling physical distances in quote-unquote outer space, homie, so much as it is about traveling the interdimensional realm of our inner space or our subconscious, right? So this alien iconography, it's... it's it's the spacecraft, homie, right? And they're using it to control our will, essentially. They're using this alien fucking agenda to take our energy. We're inviting them in like the vampires. They're the vampires. We're inviting them in. <laughs> How are we inviting them in? By watching the fucking alien movies, dog. By fucking going down the hashtags on fucking uh, on Instagram like myself about fucking witchcraft, demonology, shamanism, all that kind of shit, right? Which, again, I even hate saying it, dog, because it sounds like some gross fucking Western Christian fucking fear shit, which I'm not with. I, I don't think it's fear. Like, I'm not... Fuck, motherfuck that Western Christian fear shit. You know what I mean? Like, I I like to think that I've researched this shit because I'm interested in it, not because there's been a seed that's been sowed in my head that's driving me to do so in order to, you know, co-opt my energy in order to summon in this fucking new world. And even if it was, I wouldn't be against it because I genuinely think that shit is fucking dope. Now, the social control element different story right anyways the point that i'm trying to say dog is that they use our energy okay they're trying to use our energy to direct it in a way that suits their interests okay <laughs> and more sinisterly obviously to control us and we welcome it by partaking in their in, in this phenomenon by partaking in their mass culture and their mass media we, you know we have the choice we have the choice to be able to fucking watch these movies to go down these hashtags and all that kind of shit. They might present it to us by way of the algorithms and, you know, in a way that is almost nearly impossible to escape, but you could just as easily start fucking researching shit like sports or therapy, massage therapy, fucking puppies, anything, dog, as opposed to all the shit that, you know, is currently prominent on social media. And those algorithms would easily bend to your will then too, right? Um, the point is, again, just emphasizing the heavy point of choice, dog, whether it is the existential component of hood philosophy or whether it's regards to this, we always have a choice. Now, historically, this meant by way of our conscious consuming of this type of media. So what do I mean by that? 
We choose to learn about space, homie. We choose to watch movies about space. Hollywood can fucking amp it up all it wants, but only if we choose to go watch the movies will it have any sort of effect, right? Which naturally implies that we can also choose not to do so and thus not allow these icons to influence our will and in turn use us as the vassals to advance their agendas. Again, all of this may sound initially fucking crazy as fuck, but all I'm really telling you, dog, is nothing more than what the gist of predictive programming is, right? Um, and <laughs> when it comes to this predictive programming shit, dog, just another one of those ideas that I've seen floating out there. It doesn't really have a lot of uh, a lot of justification. So just the simplest way to explain it for me is by picking up on some of the themes that we've been talking about in previous episodes, dog. Namely, the metaphor of how in the states of fallenness, we passively view our life unfolding before us as we would a movie at a movie theater. So because we're at a movie theater, our lives now, okay, uh, and we're being passive about it, what happens is, again, these motherfuckers, they know everything about human psychology, dog. They know about the state of fallenness. These motherfuckers have experienced it and read this shit on their own too, okay? They have motherfuckers like me working there to, for that very reason. And uh, not, I don't work there. And if they offered me a job, I probably would take it if they offered me the buku books. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and uh, the, the basic gist here is, dog, is that they, they, they know that uh, human nature and they're going to exploit it. And one of the exploitable elements of human nature is our state of fallenness. So we're watching our lives as we would in a the movie theater just unfold. And because of that, since we're not taking the wheel, they come along and they take it for us. And that's where this predictive programming comes into play. They start inserting these ideas into our minds and we're just sitting back allowing it to happen because we're not taking control of our lives essentially right hence the importance of at least one of the importances of doing so you want to escape this shit dog take control of your life take control of the wheel type shit you know what i mean but since many of us don't they just implant these fucking ideas dog into our heads okay and you know uh it's going to exploit basically this predictive programming it exploits our tendency to do this and in turn it seeks to become, if you will, to continue the metaphor, the quote-unquote director of our movie while we are in our state of fallenness to manifest to manifest the shit that they desire. To me personally, dog, <laughs> Stranger Things, amazing fucking show, peak predictive programming. It is every fucking conspiracy theory wrapped up into one show. Amazing fucking show. No question at all whatsoever. But when we look at it at this from this particular lens, you start to be very skeptical of it because you ask yourself, like, damn, is it possible that these motherfuckers are just priming me for the unveiling of ultra-dimensional entities and how they've been fucking working on this shit low-key for hundreds, maybe, at least at the very least, tens of years, uh, decades, right? <laughs> hundreds of years, perhaps more, longer than that. If you ask me, I would go back thousands of years, dog. We just said we had this idea that our time is so important, but I would... Mm. I, I don't know how long this the people in control have been in control, but I'm going to go on a limb and say longer than decades for sure, right? Certainly longer than fucking um, um, centuries. Anyways, the point is that this fucking <laughs> uh, uh, Stranger Things shit, it's like a culmination of all of this. And they're, they're using it by way of the most prominent fucking uh, uh, mass media devices out there, dog. Netflix. It, everyone's got Netflix, homie. You know what I mean? It's a fucking cultural staple at this point. And uh, it's one of their most popular shows, which means that mad people are consuming this shit, dog. The seeds are being laid fucking subliminally in our consciousness uh, uh, on a mass scale, homie, okay? And that they're going to use this ultimately in order to activate, if you will, this new reality that they're hoping to birth, all right? And since we, ourselves, we're just in this state of fallenness, it ain't no thing for them to do so because, <laughs> you know, we're just, we gladly will consume the media that they create. Right. And this is it's just crazy, bro. Like this fucking conspiracy rabbit hole. It just goes so deep. Dog. It's just something as seemingly inconsequential as Netflix. dog. Right. The idea here is that Netflix is a psyop, which, again, it sounds fucking ludicrous at first until you realize. Let me see real quick who the fucking I believe. Give me one second. Okay, my bad. So I just wanted to, I just want to get my facts straight, homie, just because I don't want to just be fucking <laughs> I don't want to be just spitting the, the baseless uh, baseless rather shit out there. Right. Um, the CEO, the fucking co-founder of Netflix, homie, his name is Mark Randolph. He was, uh, and what makes Mark Randolph so special besides being the fucking CEO of Netflix and the court and the co-founder is that he was the, his great uncle is Edward Bernays, who obviously his uncle was fucking Sigmund Freud. And I've mentioned it before, but it bears repeating what makes Edward Bernays so fucking important 
in this shit is that he is the father of modern advertising. And what makes him so uh, unique in this is that he used Sigmund Freud's psychoanalysis in order to hijack, the fu- exploit, essentially, uh, human, uh, uh, our, our human programming to create mass media, to, to create consumers, basically, right? So this fucking Mark Randolph character, and the article is called Before Netflix and Chill, there was whatever, Mark Randolph, and it's a New York Times article in case, you're, in case you want to read it on your own, right? But uh, this, <laughs> this dude, that, that, those are his uncles, dog. That's his lineage. That's where he's coming from. You know what I mean? So the idea here is that the exact same shit that happened with fucking uh, modern advertising in the early you know, 20th century is what's happening now with fucking Netflix, that they're using it to fucking exploit our fundamental, uh, they're using it to exploit our fundamental programming as humans in order to advance their agendas. The agenda of the modern advertisers in the 20th century, obviously, was to create consumers. And the conspiracy when it comes to Netflix is that they are using it to, you know, <laughs> They're using it to create the world that they desire, right? So the idea here is that's why they allow shit like Cuties, the movie Cuties, or shows on mass murderers. It's just another one that was released yesterday. Don't look at me twisted. I watched it, of course. I like that kind of shit. You know what I mean? But um, it, it is weird how they're, you know, the 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 you know the mass murderers, shit like Cuties and all that kind of stuff. It, it's so prominent on on Netflix, and the conspiracy is because they're trying to. They're trying to lower our frequencies and they're trying to use us to usher in this type of world where pedophilia and violent crime is normalized, right? And uh, much the same way Bernays used psycho, uh, uh, psychoanalysis to exploit the shortcomings of the human psyche that we are bound to by virtue of being a human being, again, more Kantian shit, they are using movies to do the same, right? <laughs> now... The weird shit about movies is that they're, they're still a new phenomenon, homie, meaning that we as humans, we haven't really fully evolved to be able to cope with what the fuck the experience of a movie truly is, right? And as such, when we watch movies, we're not just simply, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a convenient metaphor, dog, but especially when we're actually watching a movie, we're not really fucking doing so passively, homie. We are... Whether we realize it or not, we are partaking in the actions of the fucking characters vicariously. That's why there's a meme that's circulating that's so prominent and so fucking effectful. And that uh, the meme is about the person, it's I think it was a SpongeBob character who's sitting at a movie theater and the, the meme states something along the lines of me at the movies downloading my new personality in 30 minutes for the next, you know, X amount of years of my life. <laughs> right? That's the basic gist that's happening here. We like to think that we're just sitting there watching a movie, but nah, homie. We're actively involved in the movie watching process. It's not a passive process, okay? We're living the experience vicariously. An action which itself only further serves to blur the line between fiction and nonfiction, right? And so the idea here then with this Project Bluebeam shit is that the more that we partake in these forms of media, the more we're exposed to like alien abductions, UFO phenomena, and so on the more of a connection our mind makes with these events to where we are primed, if you will, to see them in real life because that's what we've come to expect from the stories that we've been fucking consuming from, you know, from the the alien movies and all that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? So um, (laughs) that's the basic gist between this fucking how the predictive programming uh, fits into the narrative of Project Bluebeam. When you start seeing just... From the government, dog, telling you like aliens exist, despite the fact that they were for decades fucking so adamant in the non-existence of fucking aliens. When your social media algorithms are starting to show, maybe it's just mine. Maybe yours has nothing like like, but I know mine. It's like again, like how is it? Is it because I personally go out of my way to look for fucking aliens, or is it because the fucking the aliens are entering into the subconscious? I don't know, dog, but I do find it weird that there's fucking pages that before would never talk about this kind of shit that is suddenly talking about this kind of shit you know what i mean and uh that that that, that that's the basic gist here so i mean i know it sounds far-fetched homie but again this has historically been the entire point of like staying woke fam or the understanding that <laughs> it's not about these fucking overweight blue-haired fucking alleged liberal progressive fucks in academia dog okay it's about realizing that we are on a battlefield homie and our most sacred resource, our energy, is constantly under attack by those who help to use it to help further their ends. So you stay woke and realize all the various ways in which we are under attack, including something as seemingly inconsequential as the fucking movies we watch on a streaming app. You know what I mean? 
we stay woke, dog, by activating the pineal gland, right? When the pineal gland, just so we're clear how it figures into this, I'm not just saying it to drop a bunch of buzzwords, but it figures prominently into this, dog, because again, the subconscious, right? They're using the iconography to fucking attack the subconscious. Uh, and the, the subconscious, we're told at least, resides in, it's like a loose association here with the pineal gland, dog, specifically the pineal gland, because this is where we're told that all this knowledge is stored. It's like it's ancestral knowledge that we had just by virtue of being humans, okay? And uh, we may have forgotten about it, or we may not, it may just linger like the little story of the cricket, but it's there, dog, and it resides, we're told, in our fucking third eye and shit, right? So hence the importance of protecting it against these assaults by conscientiously choosing not to partake in them, dog. We don't watch the movies. We don't read the stories. We don't direct our energy in a way that we feel is conducive to their fucking aims and agenda, but instead that we feel is conducive to our overall good, right? But the problem is what happens when that choice is no longer available? What happens when technology of the, when the technology of the world has advanced to such an extreme, homie, that now once fictitious events that were reserved previously for fucking novel or high budget films are now able to project or project rather such as events or rather they're able to project these events in quote unquote real life. And you can't only not escape it, but You'll be thought fucking insane, homie, for trying to do so by everybody who swears up and down that they absolutely, without a doubt, saw the aliens and the UFOs, the Abrahamic gods, the demons, and so on. Then what, dog? This is fucking old philosophy. This is basic. It's old, but it's introduction of philosophy. This is the allegory of the cave, dog. Motherfucker escapes the cave, comes back down, and starts telling people that everything you've seen is a fucking illusion. And the people in the cave fucking laugh at you and threaten to kill you if you keep fucking threatening to disrupt their fucking their their their, their comfortable lives. You know what I mean? This is exactly what's happening here. Uh, you know, you're gonna be thought crazy, and you know, ideally, you say to yourself, "Oh, fuck it, well, you know, <laughs> I'm just gonna go do my own thing." But again, what happens? When you're no longer to escape because they're being projected, not on a fucking screen, but in real life, dog. Okay? What happens is, basically, our entire understanding of reality has now been fundamentally altered. A new world has been created where the actual existence of such entities is no longer relevant, right? Because it doesn't matter if they actually exist or not. What matters is that other people believe that they exist. And now the people who are seeking to establish control are going to exploit that belief to further their agendas, right? And uh, <laughs> this is fucking terrifying, dog, because then these people will put parameters into place to deal with such a reality. Again, whether or not the demons, aliens, etc. exist, irrelevant. The parameters will be put into place, and now your world, my world, will be fundamentally altered in order to adjust to it, such as what happened with the ongoing pandemic, dog. And perhaps most importantly, the ever-increasing danger of Project Bluebeam, a topic that I will delve further into in the next installment of this series. But for now, I am at the hour-long mark, and I would like to keep it as such. So, I hope you all have a great rest of your day, evening, whenever the fuck it is that you're listening to this, and I'll see you next time. Peace.